All right, brothers. All right, brothers. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. Welcome, welcome. So this is going to be the first God Center Men's Recovery webinar uh, with my good friend and partner in crime, George. Uh, he is the man behind the scenes. Uh, George, go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Well, good old gentlemen. My name is George Pozlowski. I'm a uh, man of God. I am a warrior certified trainer uh, in the way of the Warriors way. And uh, we are building a new program um, that is starting off with the uh, God Center men, Men's Recovery. And uh, we are going to be building some stuff on the backside, uh, a program that is specifically designed to bring men out of the darkness of all the afflictions, all the addictions that uh, we face and uh, bring them back into the light and the light of God and, and start building a God-centered life. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited to be working with Tim. We've worked together for a couple of years now. And um, it's just amazing to be here with all of you. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, like uh, George said, we've, uh, we've worked together for a couple of years now. Um, and, uh, me and George have been, um, just connected, bouncing off ideas. Uh, what, what can we do to begin to, um, you know, build a nonprofit and begin to help men, um, you know, get into uh, recovery and uh, begin to walk in, in freedom and stuff like that. So you guys are all part of the, the phase one of that. And that is, um, the groups that we have. Uh, going on and um, that they are they're free they're open and um, and everybody gets to share and, and, and participate in all that good stuff so uh, I'm glad you're taking part in that uh, and I appreciate that and it lets us know that um, that uh, we're on the right track and, we, and we're doing some some real good so I appreciate that all right we got something coming through on the chat so the the goal in uh, in teaching here is to uh, bring some value to you guys, bring some encouragement. Uh, we want to talk about some some powerful things on uh, what it means to be an overcomer and um, lay down some practical strategies um, that you can walk away from this meeting tonight with, uh, I'm going to implement something. That is super important, right, George? Absolutely. Action beats thoughts every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Right, right. So um, starting off, you know, I like to say that um, building a foundation is the most important part. Um, and we know, you know, from reading the gospel, uh, what Jesus had to say about that foundation. Uh, I think, got you, Tim, right here. Okay, <laughs> Matthew 724 through 727. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed. It was completely ruined. That is the truth right there. And so we have these... Two options. Uh, we have two men. Let's just say that two men. 
and um, one was utter ruin and destruction, decay. Um, I call it corrosion because that's what begins to happen. This uh, this deterioration, this corrosion begins to happen, take place in our life, and um, and we begin to fall apart. And then there's the flip side. There's the man who 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 was listening, who was yielding, who who came to Jesus, and those things. And um, there was power, there was stability, and uh, there was strength. And um, I know and believe that us as men want to be that man. And so that's what we're going to talk about starting out today. Go ahead, George, and lead us off with what uh, what you got, brother. All right. So we're breaking out the whiteboard here. I want to start this off by allowing you to understand where the biggest part of the problem lies. And most of us think that the problem lies inside of what we're doing. The truth is, we are sitting inside of our own life right now where we are today we are right here this is where we are today okay if you're here i want to believe 100 percent that you are not okay with just being where you are today you want to be a better man you want to be a man of christ you want to be a man greater than yourself and continue in your growth and expansion of the life that you're living right now, that you want to be the bigger man up here inside of the light. The problem is we like to live our life down here inside of the void. Now, What's the one thing, one thing only, that you can say that if you could, if you could choose to have anything inside of your life, what would it be? Rich, speak up. I'll unmute him. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, one thing. <laughs> if you could have one thing above all else, what would it be? Uh purpose okay well purpose comes from the creator what is the creator <laughs> what is the creator what is the creator all right well i'm going to take you off the hot seat yeah take me I off the hot seat George. I wasn't one thing that we all desire more than anything is this Love and connection. Yeah. I'm sure we've all been with a beautiful woman, whether it be our wives or, or I don't know everybody's status, but a wife, a girlfriend, or somebody inside of our lives that we spent hours with in, in a moment of time, which seemed to pass really, really fast. And in that time, nothing else mattered. Absolutely nothing mattered because inside of that short bubble of time, we felt love and connection with another person. And this can be also with inside of these groups with our brothers. 
But loving connection is the one thing that we seek above all else. It doesn't matter what it is. Loving it and connection are the main things that fill our soul. This is what God gave us, and this is what we continuously search for. The problem is when we're living inside of this place, and we are doing all the sinful things that we do, and we're not fully connected with our creator, and we're not doing the things that he asks us to do, what happens to that loving connection? We feel further away from God. We feel further away from that loving connection that God gives us on a daily basis. So inside of that void, we're trying to constantly fill our soul with things that make us feel good. Love makes us feel good. Connections with others make us feel good. But in the process of feeling the absence of that loving connection, we start to do things to feel good. Drugs, alcohol, smoking, nicotine, sugar, food. We, we buy things, homes, cars, clothes. We have our phones. We have social media. We have video games. We watch TV and movies, porn, sex, masturbation, cheating on our spouses. I can tell you every one of those things I've done myself. Yeah. The reason I'm here today is because I lived inside of that darkness. I lived inside of that void of searching and searching and searching for something that mattered. Yeah, there was purpose, Rich, absolutely. But my purpose wasn't found in all those things that we did. Those sinful actions, all they did was take me away from God. It made the void bigger and it, it made the pit deeper. It just came down here. Mm. And it got deeper and deeper and deeper. Until one day, my wife asked me to leave. And that sent, three years ago, that sent my world into a complete down spiral of, of absolute darkness to the point where there was a day where the first weekend I didn't have, I was all alone inside of my mother's house, which I moved back into, and I was ready to put a bullet through my head. That was my darkness. And that day, God saved me. God came and showed me some pictures of my kids inside of my head and, and stopped me from where I was going. And ever since then, all I've done is climb out of that void. And it took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of action to do that. Yeah. And our sins, literally, there are seven main sins, and that is pride, greed, lust anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. Now, quietly inside of your own heads, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, you know, how many of these things are you suffering from? Pride is, you know, your ego. I want to be right. I want it to be my way. Mm -hmm. Greed. Greed can come in many different ways. It can be, it can be dollar-wise. Most of us think of greed as far as money. But greed can also be our selfishness as far as what the love that we give out. I'm not going to give this person any love because I'm going to keep it to myself. Yep. Lust. Inside the scripture, it says, let's see, if your right eye causes, Matthew 5, 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. 
it's better if you lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Guyana, which is hell. I suffered for loss my entire life. That's how my father taught me how to live. I grew up with Playboys and, and different magazines in my house and, and different stations on the TV. And, and this was just normal activity me, for me. And I, this is just how I grew up. So I didn't even know how to connect with a woman because everything that I had an expectation of what I saw was in a magazine. And no woman was ever going to live up to the fantasy of what I was seeing inside of that magazine. We've got anger. So what is anger? Anger is nothing more than our internal pain. It's like a volcano. Eventually the pain inside of us, that container builds up to the point where it can no longer be contained inside of us and must come out of us. Mm -hmm. Gluttony. This is nothing more than eating your pain. Now, what you see here is a relatively in-shape guy, but I can tell you that pretty much all my life I've ate my pain. I have a friend that weighs about 400 pounds, and I can tell you that our eating habits are identical. Genetically, I just got luckier than he did. But I can tell you exactly what stress eating is. I can tell you exactly what emotional eating is, and I can tell you exactly what it's like to use food as a drug. Envy. When I started this warrior certified trainer process, I had dreams of living my mentor's life, having a $10 million house, driving around in a, in a fancy half million dollar car. And what I realized that all it did was take me away from the true purpose of what I was actually doing. And then sloth, sitting around doing nothing. Constantly saying, I'm going to do something, but not doing. Mm -hmm. Laziness. And most of the time, I believe laziness isn't really laziness. It's a matter of just feeling stuck. It's down here and not knowing how to move, how to get up. You have all these ideas, all these things going around inside of your head. And it's like, okay, well, what do I do? I had a client that I was basically mentoring for free, constantly trying to learn new things, searching nonstop. Well, I could do this and I can do this and I can do this. And in the process doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I've been there. You know, it's, it's, it's masturbation of the mind. Mm -hmm. It feels good because it's like, man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but you don't actually do anything. Yeah. You know, Matthew, Matthew, uh, let's see, 7, 16, 17. By their fruits, you will know them. Just so every good tree, or good tree bears good fruit and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. It's simple. By their fruits, you will know them. And it comes down to the actions inside of our lives of what we have to do to create the life that we want. One of my favorite memes that I ever saw, and I copied it and used it for myself, pray like it's up to God, but work like it's up to you. Yeah. So I'll write that down for you here. Let me find my... As you're writing that down, you know, I, 
I feel that in our society today, uh, especially in the faith-based community, um, this is a mentality that's, that's, that's really predominant. And that is um, pushing a lot of responsibility on God and um, creating this because, you know, we're addicts and we have this codependent behavior and we get codependent with God and we push, you know, so much responsibility on God. And we're like, God, do this, do that, do the other thing. And he's looking at us like, if you believe in me, uh, I will empower you to carry it out. But um, you got to start walking this out. And we're just looking up and God is looking down and we're saying, why God, are you allowing this to happen? And God's saying, why are you allowing this to happen? And you know, there's this, 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 this frustration in this dialogue going on because we don't get it. We don't get that. God wants us to move. Um, he, he empowers momentum. But once we begin to move and we begin to flesh things out, it's a demonstration of our faith by Abraham. I'm reminded of Abraham by faith, Abraham obeyed, you know, it's this yielding process of of momentum that demonstrates this, this faith. So it's powerful. So at the end of the day, where does all this sinful nature of our actions take us? It, It comes down to some basic feelings and some basic things that it makes us feel. And, uh, it takes us into isolation. Yeah. So the more we do that is disliked by God, the more we end up disliking ourselves. So we take away from being outward inside of our light and start diminishing that light. We start darkening ourselves. We start feeling alone. The guilt, the shame, the blame. And again, going back to feeling stuck and not being able to move and take action. And It also creates a disconnect between you and everybody else around you. You start believing that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy. And a lot of the problem that we experience is between our mothers and fathers. They made us feel that way growing up. I grew up not being loved by my dad. He loved me and he cared for me and he provided for me. But he was brought up under a whole different world of you don't show your emotions. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't say, I love you. Right. I got my ass beat. I got disciplined and I got told, you know, to make sure that I do the job right. I got taught how to be a perfectionist, which also kept me stuck because if I didn't do the job right, I didn't want to do it at all because I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to hear the wrath that was going to come from him when I messed something up. So there was always this, this lifestyle of not feeling good enough for the world and always trying to prove myself. And in every relationship I ever had, I tried to prove myself. I tried to morph to be good enough for the people that I was with. I tried to become something that I wasn't to be able to have people like me and accept me and want to be part of my life instead of just being okay with the fact that, you know what, I am who I am and I like who I am. And if people don't like me, I really don't care. Now, that attitude comes from a long, long time, years of working on myself, working, not talking, not thinking, not reading 
working and acting, doing the work to become a man that I want to be, to become a man that I'm proud of. Now, I want you to understand one thing, okay? There's the, there are a lot of people out there that judge. There are a lot of people out that put people down. None of who I am makes me better than any one of you. I am who I am. In the Bible, it says, I am that I am, and that's what I am. I am me. That doesn't make me better. It makes me different. It makes me unique. It makes me pretty awesome, but it doesn't make me better than anybody. And it's very quick and simple for me to point things out to people about what you got going wrong. Now, I want you to understand the difference between judgment and observation. Because the ego feels judged right away. Okay, one of you's watching porn, one of you's doing drugs, one of you is doing whatever, you, whatever you, fat, whatever. You're eating the wrong shit. You're out of shape. We can go down the, the list of all the things that we got going wrong inside of our lives. I can tell you when it comes from me and I can tell you when it comes from Tim, it's not a judgment, it's an observation. The observation is here for nothing more than holding up the mirror to say, okay, this is who you are. Do you want to be different? Yes or no? Like, I, I don't... If you want to be fat and you're happy and you're fat, that's fine. If you're doing something that you don't, that, you know, I don't necessarily agree with or that's sinful or that's not living a God-centered life, that's fine. That's up to you. I'm a live and live, live kind of person. But my purpose in being here is to help men live a God-centered life and to be able to be greater than they are today, tomorrow. And it's all about taking from here steps baby steps little steps every day now the question is why are we going to take these steps the entire purpose behind taking steps is again growth expansion mm -hmm. but i also believe that my number one mission in life is to help lead people to have like you can live a great life and not get to heaven. Now, this is slightly where I differ from a lot of Christians. I don't believe that you just say, I believe in Christ, I'm redeemed, and all is well. That just That's an open pass. I believe in Christ, so I'm going to heaven. You can read through the Gospels everywhere, and there are many, many scriptures that say, if you don't do these things, you will not go to heaven. I think he's pretty, I think our God's pretty forgiving and I think that he's got a lot of patience when it comes to us. And I believe the growth and expansion to constantly take our lives to a better place will constantly lead to heaven. The other beauty behind this is leading to heaven on earth. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job is to create our own heavenly earth. And I can tell you after years and years of doing this and bringing myself closer and closer to God, that when you start erasing those sinful actions, that pride, that greed, the lust, the anger, the gluttony, the envy, the sloth, you start to look in the mirror every single day and see a man of God. You start to see somebody new. You start to see a man that believes in himself. You start to feel different. You start to be different the people that surround you your family your kids your friends your co-workers 
they all start to see somebody completely different. And guess what? That's heaven. That's heaven on earth, is being able to see a man that you can say, I am proud of. Now, we all have dreams. The entire purpose behind everything we're doing is trying to lead you to a dream. Whatever that dream might be, it might be a fit body. It might be a better relationship with your family, your wife, your kids. It may be being closer to God. That may be the only thing that you want to do is just become closer to God. And it may be that you want to earn more money or you want to be more successful inside a business. I can tell you everything that is inside of the God-centered life and why we're here inside of God-centered recovery. The entire purpose is to Put God at the center. We have our body, our temple. This is what carries us through every single day of our lives. And I can tell you one of the most easiest way to fight off Satan, to fight off the temptations, to be able to guard yourself, protect yourself, is to suit up in the armor of God. And I can tell you that when you're weak internally and, and from your body, you'll be weak externally. And it is hard to break away from temptation. The body does a wonderful thing. It also includes the mind. When you push your body, you also push your mind. Because strength training, endurance training, all these things help allow your mind to be pushed to new limits. Richard and I talked about this this week. He started running again, and he gets into it, and he's like, man, I'm going to die. And like, dude, I know it because all my life up until about two years ago, I smoked. I still got, I still have me a bad habit. I got my electronic cigarette that I like to suck on. But I work tirelessly to build my endurance and to build my strength to be able to fend off urges that my body is saying, I can't do this, or I want this, yet my body knows that I can resist. Oh crap, where we go here? I lost my whiteboard here. There we go. We have our family. Wives, kids. It's hard to build a life centered around God unless your family's on board. And it's hard to build something centered around God unless you're leading it. At the end of the day, inside of our families, we are leaders. And if you're not willing to lead inside of your family, then where are you going to lead? And I understand it starts with leading you first mm -hmm. and beginning the process of building a man that has that center of God. But when you put the center of God inside of your family and you put the morals and you take away the sinfulness, 
You're building a family built on solid rock, one that can't be shaken by the storms of life. Yeah, there's going to be stuff that comes along. Absolutely. There's going to be deaths in the family. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be, you know, kids that slip up and do something wrong. There, there's going to be things that come along no matter what you do. There will always be storms of life. But I can tell you when the, when the family is built on that rock of God, things will come and they will pass. And that's the beauty of what we're building here. The next is going to be financially. No matter what you're doing, it's very difficult to build anything substantially unless you have the ability to afford to be mentored, to be able to take family vacations, to be able to invest in your body, to be able to invest in your knowledge to be able to invest in things that will help you inside of your job, to be able to be secure. If nothing more, the past two months of everyone's life inside of here should be on notice. Because if you look around the world, there are millions and millions of people that are out of work. How many of those said, you know what? Okay. I've got enough to last me the next six months. I'm good. I don't need to work. My family's safe. I'm prepared. I can afford to feed my family. I can afford to pay my mortgage. I can afford to make all my car payments. I can afford to pay the electric bill. I, I don't have to worry about the next six months because I'm taken care of. I can tell you that that's probably a 2%, 1-2% of the population that was in that situation. And again, it comes down to building on the solid rock. And financially, if you're not on the solid rock, in the back of your mind, you're constantly worrying about the next thing that can, that's gonna come along. Well, what happens if something happens inside the house? What happens when little Jane has a, is ready for college? How are we gonna afford that? What happens if there's a, a, a breakdown with one of our vehicles? What happens if something big happens? You know. Financially, we must be building ourselves on solid rock. And that starts inside of our jobs and it starts inside of the mindsets. But building these things interdependent and codependent is also important. Each one of these things feeds into the other. So when you're stressed out financially, what do you think is happening inside of your body? Stress causing is drugs, alcohol, eating, all these bad things that we do inside of our body. When we start mistreating our body and we're stressed out financially, guess what? We know something's going on. So we're not we're not going to connect with our family because we're stressed. We're going to start stress eating and doing all the bad things that we do to our body. And when our body's not right, how do you think that affects the marriage? When you go look in the mirror every single day and you're not happy with what you see. Well, she's probably not attracted to me anyway, and she's been cold to me lately anyway. So I'm just going to go in the bathroom, watch some porn, fucking jerk off and be done. And then all that energy that was designed for your wife. 
goes right down the drain. This is the entire purpose of building men up. This is the entire purpose of allowing the honor for us to be able to do this with you guys. Because I personally have seen the light and have lived in this manner of building a four-dimensional, yes, this is a triangle, but we have God in the middle, a four-dimensional lifestyle built around body, being, balance, and business. Of not just having one thing or two or three, but accelerating amongst all four. Because when you have one, If you're living a good life here and a good life here, but you've got two dimensions down here that are dragging you down, guess what? The weight will always pull you down. When these start lightening up, when these start accelerating, guess what? They help push all of it back up. So the question for you is, what kind of life do you want to live? Have you given consideration to building a life that's centered completely around God, that puts God above all else? And I know it's difficult. It's absolutely difficult. And for most of us, and I know especially myself, my sister talked to me about this years ago. And she was constantly harping on me and trying to live this, this life that I just didn't understand. And she gave me this term. And for the life of me, I could not grasp what this meant. All I knew is it felt bad and it seemed bad. And I was like, nope, I like living the sinful life that I am. And I don't want to do anything different. And then just like that guy who didn't build his life on a rock, he built it on sand. My life was destroyed before my very eyes. Now, what does this mean? So much like the man we follow, don't judge my drawings. <laughs> we had this guy lead the way. He showed us that being a servant inside of our life is how we live. The disciple's mission is not to serve oneself, it is to serve others. And how do we do that? And that becomes death to self. That becomes about discipline, self-denial. And this doesn't have to be bad. And the first thing that I thought of when I heard death to self, it was bad. So I don't want you guys to get scared by this. But what I want you to understand that the only way to rise, just as Christ did, is to die, is to give death to something inside of our life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys can see this very well. But I believe so much in this that I put it on my arm. 
This is my daily reminder that something inside of my life has to die in order for me to rise, in order for me to grow, in order for me to expand, in order for me to become more, to be able to grow closer to God. But how do we do that? And this is the very path. The very path that I'm going to lead you on is this. What is one thing that you can add to your life? Tomorrow morning, first thing, what is one thing that you can do to add something positive inside of your life, inside of body, inside of your spiritual life, inside of your family, and inside of your life, financially, inside of your work, your business. What's one thing? Because I can tell you that the hardest thing you will ever have to do is try to erase all the bad things that you're doing. Attempting to stop smoking for me had to be about something added, not something removed. Yep. We are here to help you add things. It's funny, that ad looks just like a cross. Add things that will make you good.